that at the age of 19, you found your mother dead face down in the bathroom. So was your mother ill? Was she, what, what was, what, is there anything wrong with her? Were there some kind of underlying issues? She was, yes. She had throat and lung cancer. So we'd actually been told that she didn't have, you know, a long time left to live, but that was sudden that night. So she had throat and lung cancer from drinking and smoking. So she was a chain smoker. She was an alcoholic, drunk, drunk a bottle of sherry a day for those last few years. Wow. So kind of, I mean, I felt like she pickled herself, essentially. You're listening to the What's Up with DJ podcast with your host and personal development coach, David DJ Lloyd Jr. Each week, he brings you current events and trending topics from a spiritual perspective, including career development, finance, holistic living, and life hacks, along with stories that invoke humor and inspiration. So if you're ready, let's join the conversation. Here's DJ. My guest is Ann Hintz, and she's the author of A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz, and says her book is deeply spiritual, but also very practical. If you are new to spiritual work, this book will deepen your understanding and awareness. Ann has overcome finding her mother dead face down in their bathroom at the age of 19. It took one 15-minute session with a strange technique that removed the trauma from that event so she could tell the story without the pain of emotion. Welcome, Anne. Thank you, DJ. It's great to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm great to, ha- great to have you. So your book is called A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. What is the childhood buzz? That is the excitement for life that you have when you don't have to carry the baggage of all the traumas that many of us go through. The phrase actually Mm. came from my nephew who had a very different upbringing from me. And he read the introduction to my book and said that he remembers feeling that as a child, because I was talking about how as I was releasing all these traumas from inside the physical aspect of the traumas that I would get these electrical charges throughout my body Mm. and he recognized that as something he had had in childhood and really liked Mm. he kept trying to find it so this is a way that he could do that and hopefully others could too oh wow okay some people may equate that maybe not maybe it's not exactly the same thing but some people call it recapturing your youth or or or, you know uh, which i've never tried because i didn't have a very good (laughs) <laughs> time as a youth anyway so yeah <laughs> like, i didn't know i don't want to recapture none of that <laughs> i'm trying to capture none of that <laughs> but i can reflect on uh, remembering that i could you know especially if i was extremely bored i would use my imagination like i would i would be able to do to do all kinds of things just in my imagination i mean i remember swimming in the deep sea, deep deep sea swimming, and I was able to fly. I mean, and this was almost realistic. I mean, I, could act, I mean, it was so realistic that I felt like I was actually 
there, you know? And as I got older, of course, you know, it's it just fades away, you know? But to me, thinking about that, I think that was my childhood buzz. Yeah. Was there almost a physical aspect to it, like a, a feeling inside you, not just the imagination, but inside the physical body? Of kind yeah, of exactly. It felt it, yeah. it, 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 it was all around me. It felt it was, I was actually there physically, you know? And so, uh, so to me, I was there, you know, because it was, it was that real. But, you know, as you get older, as I got older, it was more like, okay, you know, just why even do that? You know, <laughs> you just sort of, you, you become grounded and, you know, you get in the daily situation, the daily grind. And then it doesn't, like, why, why doesn't it make any sense? You just forget about it. But then every once in a while, I think back on it, like, wow, that was such a great experience. I would love to be able to go back there and do that. I could do that now, but it'll take a ton of work. You know, you got to get quiet. You got to make sure, you know, make sure my, my chores are done. You know, what, 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 what's on my list of things to do, you know. So and find that thoughts. childhood. Yeah. And all those it, thoughts come in. And all yeah. the thoughts that come in and that will wreck the whole thing, right? So, so that's so getting back to that childhood bus, I think to me, that's what I was like, okay, well, I would like to get back to that kind of childhood bus to that, that, uh, that place where I was able to, um, find such solace in just using my imagination. Nice. Well, I can tell you how I reversed <laughs> all that trauma inside of me, right? And it, you know, it's not, it's not a fast thing although that experience with the doctor about my mother's death was pretty fast right that was my first experience mm -hmm. that I didn't even know mm -hmm. at that point how much we store physically in our body and I had no idea that you could just use a technique and actually allow that energy to release out of the nervous system but that's what happened that first mm -hmm. time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um I had mentioned in the intro that at the age of 19 you found your mother dead face down in the bathroom so w was your mother ill was she what what was what, is there anything wrong with her was there some kind of underlying issues she was yes she had throat and lung cancer so we'd actually been told that she didn't have you know a long time left to live but that was sudden that night so she had throat and lung cancer from drinking and smoking. So she was a chain smoker. She was an alcoholic, drunk, drunk a bottle of sherry a day for those last few years. Wow. So kind of, I mean, I felt like she pickled herself essentially. So mm. it was a huge surprise in that a tumor in her throat that she burst. So she inhaled the blood or bled out. I'm not entirely sure what happened, mm. but but yes, it was mm. very sudden. And that was, you know, that was one big trauma on top of a whole bunch of smaller ones that I had had throughout my life. But mm -hmm. we're programmed in childhood how to deal with them, right? And so our way, and I think that's a, a lot of people's way, is just to carry on with life and suppress it all. So even with my mother's death, I just continued because mm -hmm. I didn't know there was anything else to do. I didn't even know what ther mm -hmm. therapy was at 19. So I just mm. carried on with life because what else do you do? And it wasn't mm -hmm. until I was actually in my late thirties when something happened and it was a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at school. And they told me I'd done something wrong. 
I didn't think I had, but they thought I mm -hmm. had. And they were these very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. And they told scared old me that I'd done something wrong. And my mind just spun out of control. I didn't, I couldn't let it go. It was like three days before I could, I could relax again and actually realize that this was not normal. I don't think normal people react so intensely to something that was really pretty small, but that's when I realized mm -hmm. it. it felt like how I would react when my dad had told me I'd done something wrong. So that was the first time that I realized, oh, maybe something from childhood is still affecting me to this day. And it took me all those years to have that realization. Mm -hmm. Would you consider yourself a people pleaser? Absolutely. Yeah, I was too scared not to. My, my dad was probably counted as a narcissist. He was always right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. so I, I made him feel right. I, I didn't want to be, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be shouted at. Yeah. So because when you said that, you know, that just when these women say that you had did something wrong, that usually a people pleaser. Yeah, I didn't want to be mm -hmm. so reactionary. Right? I had two young boys at home at the time and mm -hmm. I so wanted to find some peace and be a calm mother. And but I did not mm -hmm, feel mm -hmm. it. Right. So I didn't know what to do at that point. But it was in that mm -hmm. time frame that I went to this doctor's appointments. I can't remember why I went there. It was definitely mm -hmm. not about emotions or my history, though I know that much. But he mm -hmm. recognized I was more stressed than I should be. Now, he was a holistic mm -hmm. physician, so, you know, he was mm -hmm. slightly different. And he asked me on mm -hmm. a scale of 0 through 10 how stressed I was, and I said 8. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize... Oh, it was finding my mother when I was 19 because the tears were still just under the surface. And he mm -hmm. happened to know this weird technique. It's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain parts of our mm -hmm. bodies. We're talking through something. And he mm -hmm. tapped with me about my mother's death, about finding her and what it was like for about 15 minutes. And, and that's when I walked away from that appointment, I could tell the story in my mind without the tears there anymore. And that was, mm -hmm. that was just huge, just to know that mm -hmm. we keep that inside of ourselves and we can let those emotions go. That was, that was huge for me. Yeah. Was it the first time that you talked about it in that, in that way um, to anybody? Yeah, because, I think so because oh. I couldn't before because I would always start crying and I didn't mm -hmm. know that mm. it was actually a good thing to allow those tears out. My and... dad used to use the phrase, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Right? Mm, I remember that very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, threaten a you know, to threaten physical violence. So it's like you're going to hold it in. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, my parents would threaten me with the same same quote, you know, stop all that crying, you know. And um and so I, I definitely can can relate to that holding the emotions in because that's how you've been trained to and now and also it's just, it's embarrassing you know sometimes it's just embarrassing to 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 admit that you you cry you know it's 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 embarrassing and if you're crying there's gonna be some reason why you're crying like can't you just cry just to be crying you know you know <laughs> although what I what I found through my story is. We have no idea. We're not aware of the, the tension that we actually hold inside of ourselves from holding mm -hmm. all those emotions in. If yeah. we were aware of that tension, then we would let it go. 
right? Because, mm. because it is an incredible amount of tension. We just don't mm. have the awareness yet. So that, that was what yeah. my story expanded mm. the awareness. So, you know, I'm aware at such a deep level now, but all those emotions hold tension inside of us and that tension affects mm. our day-to-day -day life. It affects our future. So if yeah. people can develop vulnerability and allow it to be, then they're actually going to be healthier humans. Mm -hmm. Let's get into tapping. So um, you just mentioned it and um, and I've heard of tapping before and I, you know, I, I've never I, I've done it, but it's not, like, not really like done it. Um, what's the word? No, how you really with intention been inten intentional about it and um and i and even though i looked at one of your videos on youtube your youtube channel which i have the link in the show description and you was actually demonstrating some tapping exercises which we'll do one before we end our episode here um a quick one and I felt better after I did it. I felt so much better just in a little bit of tapping I did. And if I understand it correctly, it's like you're talking yourself through a, maybe a negative experience. And as you're talking or, or feeling through it, you are tapping different places on your body to release the tension or where you feel the tension in your body, you're tapping and it releases that tension as you tell that story or thought through or, or you're thinking through that experience. Right, you are. The, the tapping, the, the, using the words to bring the emotion back into the body, even if you're not aware of it, you can just use the story, right, that you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I had some emotion around that, right? You can still talk through the story and that will actually bring it to the body, whether you're aware of it or not. And then we're tapping on specific places, which are the ends of meridian systems. So it's a little bit like acupressure mm. in that respect. And it's the tapping, it's the physical act of tapping on those meridian plate points that is releasing the tension from the nervous system. So you just do it yes. again and again with the same story, right? So that first experience with the doctor about my mother's death, that removed the, the big the big emotions from that event. I did have to go back to it. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to go back to that memory multiple times after that because as you do it more and more, more details of the story come up as you open up the subconscious mm -hmm. mind. So, you know, each time I did it, I might dig out another aspect of the story that I had forgotten because it had been hidden underneath the big emotions, right? So I would do it again and again until I could tell the whole story with no emotions anymore. Just sounds like I'm reading from a book. And that's how you know that if you've released mm. and almost that's how you know you've mm. forgiven something that's happened because there's no yeah. emotion left. Yes, and I've heard that before. I think I listened to an interview and the question was, how do you know when you have healed a uh healed something from your past this thought leader was talking about how do you know when you have released um the the trauma and the pain of us of, of something that happened in the past and she was talking about you know when you have released that hurt a past hurt past trauma when you're able to talk about that experience and not feel the pain from it not feel the you're not, you're not feeling the trauma and the hurt and the pain and the tears, all that ceases and you're able to tell the story without those emotions. 
and um and we always say i can laugh about it now you know and so <laughs> when we can say that you know i can laugh about it now that's us saying hey i i i'm healed or close to healing that particular chapter that particular event that's what i hear you saying right and what i've realized over the time is that when we haven't healed it right when those emotions are still inside of us i i think of the law of attraction i work with the law of attraction and the understanding mm -hmm. of that quite a lot so what i've realized is the whole of us is a signal we're emitting a signal every second of every day and we're attracting back into our future based on that signal that's how we replay things over and over again the same types of you know relationships and such because we're emitting a signal those emotions are stored inside of us and we're attracting into the future something that brings up those same emotions inside of us because it's part of our signal so if we're holding all those emotions inside of us we're going to attract into the future another event that's going to bring up those same emotions so if we want to change mm -hmm. our future change how we're feeling right now change our signal let go of those traumas right so those emotions that energy is not stuck inside of us it's no longer a part of our signal then we've changed our future because we're attracting something different back into our future my whole pathway has been acceptance at each step along the way so if i'm complaining about something i allow myself to complain as i'm tapping right because mm -hmm. it's almost like the complaints are, are making a rut in the road right and the more you complain the deeper the rut gets which is almost like a neural pathway in our body right the tapping what the tapping does is if you're complaining as you're tapping like this job sucks or whatever it is you want to complain mm -hmm. about as you do that, you're um, flattening out that rut. You're actually letting that complaint out of the body by accepting it. Like, yeah, uh -huh. that really sucks. And the, uh -huh. what I found over time is that when there's full acceptance, right, acceptance of whatever we're feeling, even if we're complaining, right, acceptance of this complaint, that's when the shift happens. Uh -huh. So it's a little different, right? You know, it's a little different from shifting if you if you try and find the positive in something or mm. you try and reframe it what you what you're actually doing is kind of suppressing the actual mm. complaint but it doesn't leave the body that energy stays in the body and it's going to resurface sometime in the future in a different avenue perhaps but it hasn't left the body whereas the tapping actually gets it out of the body so that it's mm. gone yeah, and that's what I was really looking for. I was looking for something yeah. that was and, and, and I like that if you're watching, if you're listening to this on uh, Google or, or Apple Podcasts, you can, if you go to YouTube, you can see actually as as uh, Anne is talking, she's doing the tapping. You might hear her tapping as she's talking because she's actually showing the different places that she's tapping on her body as she's talking herself through this. And that's what I really like. If you can go to YouTube, I have the link in, in on the in the show description, so you can actually go there and see her where she's tapping, and seeing exactly how she's moving through the different steps. Because um, I love that you're tapping your mouth at the same time. You're tapping your 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 neck. You're tapping your chest. You're tapping your head, the back of your head. You're tapping your temple. She's tapping all these different places on her body with both hands on 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 different on the left and right, as she's talking herself through this, which I think is is just just awesome. 
thanks i'm so used to doing it now <laughs> yeah because it's really weird right i mean when i first started it, it was really weird to be chatting on yourself or someone else is talking to you but but you know you can go and do this in the bathroom right if you learn how right. to do it and when i first started out i didn't realize how powerful it was i didn't necessarily believe that that thing that had happened in the doctor's office was really something that was going to be a long-term change i didn't believe it necessary so I went home that day and I went online and learned how to do it it's very easy very simple to learn you can learn it in five to ten minutes but mm -hmm. I wanted to try it out so I because I have this engineering mind right I like to know something works and the yeah, guy you, you, you're used to hardcore hardcore facts like show right. me the evidence this is a little woo-woo right it's a little weird <laughs> Yeah. Now, one mm -hmm. of the things about EFT online, because a lot of people use it now over the years, more and more people have used it. A lot of them have moved more towards the positive. But because I can now get my awareness inside my body, I know it's only the negative that is stuck inside the body. That's the mm -hmm. darkness. That's the shadow we talk about. It's mm -hmm. tension that is stored as dis-ease in the body. And that's all we have to find. it. And, and EFT is so powerful when it works with the negative. So mm -hmm. just be careful if you're watching videos with other people because they may move to the positive, but the positive is not stored in the body. So you've got to find the negative first. Mm, that's the key. That the negative emotions are the ones that stay in the body. They're the right. ones that remain. And, and then one of the things I realized as I did more and more of this work is that as we let the negative go, positive thoughts just arise. And understanding mm. and compassion just arises it yeah you know, i had never experienced that before and i think a lot of us haven't and might not even believe me as i tell them as i tell them right mm -hmm. now but when it first happens it's like oh my goodness what just happened it's like it's it's really it's fun to experience mm -hmm. it's fun um, to experience mm. so you talk about the, the three steps so what are the three steps so the first step was the eft so i started using it every day started noticing when I was becoming emotional, right? Which itself is not easy to do because we get so caught up in our emotions. But if we can stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting frustrated or I'm getting angry or I'm sad, right? Then we can work with it. Then we can tap on it and let the sadness or the anger or frustration leave us. So I started to do that every day and I wanted more. <laughs> so I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from childhood and every negative belief, right? Those sayings that my dad used to say, I wrote them all down and it was many sheets of paper. And I worked through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. Of and all the, all the negative things that he would say to you, you wrote all those negative things down that he would I say did. to you as a child. Now oh, I, wow. couldn't I couldn't remember a huge amount to begin with, but as I did the tapping, more would come to mind and I would add mm. them to the list. But so over the months that I was doing this tapping, things started to change. I became less reactionary. My mind, which had been really negative and really critical, that had left me. And I remember opening my kitchen door one day and actually saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind, which used to be so busy, was so quiet. And I had never experienced that before. Well, I probably had, you know, early in childhood, but I couldn't remember experiencing it before. And it felt so different. And that's when I realized that the words that I had been replaying in my mind, you know, judging and criticizing had been my dad's words. 
that I had been programmed with in childhood and I just replayed them over and over until they were gone. And then I could see that that was the case. Mm, mm. That's great. And that's, and, and that's the three, the three steps there. That, that you, was the that... first step. Okay. That was okay, the, the first step. step. <laughs> okay. That's the first step. Okay. Okay. So the second step. So as I kept doing this, I realized, as I said, the subconscious mind is opening as the subconscious mind opens, our awareness expands. So I became aware of how I was feeling during the day. And then I became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? So we'll use the words like I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm sad. And we're actually holding tension in our body that we can become aware of, right? Because we'll see someone in the distance. So we can tell if they're depressed, right? Sad, or if they're angry by the way they're holding themselves, by their posture, mm. which is tension they're holding inside. We can become aware of that ourselves. And as I did more and more this tapping, I became aware of those feelings, those sensations inside. And then I didn't feel like I needed to use EFT anymore. I was actually in a group at the time and the, the guy would say every week, he said, you don't need to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. Well, I didn't mm. want to meditate, so that was good to me. And okay. then, but at the time, I didn't know what my feelings were, but I was on this journey with tapping at this time. So as I tapped, as the weeks went by and I became aware of these sensations, then one day I thought, okay, I'm going to try and do what he said. I'm going to try and feel my feelings. What does that even mean? <laughs> my mm -hmm, feelings mm -hmm. had been suppressed for so long. They didn't want to be felt, right? So I, I was at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and I would notice that I was thinking a thought that had some emotion involved. For me, it was normally fear. So it would have been a fearful thought. And I would think the thought, feel the fear. So where was it inside of me? It would normally be in my solar plexus area. So then I'd focus on that tension, that fear sitting in my solar plexus. And I noticed that if I moved or if I kept breathing, my focus would be lost. So what I realized I had to do was find that fear and then stop like a statue, stop breathing, hold myself totally still. And I had to talk to the fear to keep my focus on it. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel you fear. I can feel you sitting right there in my solar plexus. I just want to feel you to allow you to be there. I don't want to change you. I just want to feel you. At some point I'd need to take a deep breath. I'd let it out. And I would notice that fear would have shifted slightly, maybe diminished slightly. So I would think the same thought again, the fearful thought, feel the fear, do the same thing again, and it would shift again. So I would do it over and over again with the same thought, which is kind of what we do with EFT, but now we're at a deeper level of awareness. Mm -hmm. I would do it with the same thought until the fear had disappeared, at which point mm -hmm. that thought is then free, right? It's been forgiven, it's been let go. The emotions, the ties into the body have been released. And this mm -hmm. felt really good. So I kept doing this every day now instead of the tapping. And in the evenings, instead of tapping on my childhood, I would lay on the sofa and feel more like collective traumas at this point because I'd done my childhood. So I would feel like my emotions around 9-11, right? the physical sensations of everything I felt around that mm -hmm. memory and just allow them to be felt. And they would release. They would release from my body, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's not something I would have understood at the beginning when I started this journey, but I just did this over and over again. So that was like the second step. But then the third step is like, 
during this point, at some point when I was doing this, I noticed I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had released, which I'd never heard of before. Just very different feeling to be inside the body than outside. So the mm -hmm. only way I can kind of explain it is imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. You can okay. pinpoint with your mind, with your senses, you can sense where that pain is coming from, right? Mm -hmm. But once the pain has gone, you can't find that place in your mouth or your stomach anymore because there's nothing calling your attention to it. Mm -hmm. I found I could. I could put my awareness back inside. And then I started to play with it. Well, I've done it once. Can I do it again? And I found mm. I could. And then, well, what happens now? So I just, I found I could move my awareness around inside and I could find a place with tension or no tension. So I would focus on the tension and allow it to be felt and it would release. And then I would do it again and again and again. So I'm doing the same thing that I was doing at those other two levels, but now at a deeper level of awareness inside my body. Mm. So I just did this over and over again, and it took many, many months, but eventually I got my awareness inside my head, which to me was eye-opening because there was so much pain and tension inside my head that had been there since I was born. I was actually born with my right foot up against my right shin and have had... Oh, spin. wow. So my whole body has been twisted since, since then, I guess. So that pain and tension had been inside of me all those years, but I had no awareness of that pain and tension, right? But as mm -hmm. I released layer upon layer upon layer, I became aware at a deeper level. And now I've got this technique, so I would focus on it, allow it to shift focus, just do it over and over again. And I got to the point eventually that I could actually feel my bones relax inside my skull. It felt really good. And I didn't realize at that time, but that my bones were actually coming more into alignment. And I didn't know that until I saw my x-rays from last year compared to 2013 and can see that my eye sockets have aligned. My jaw was way off to the side and it's now more centered. And my neck is way straighter than it has ever been in my life. And I've grown mm -hmm. half an inch at the age of 55 because I've been releasing that deeply held tension. Yeah, and you have on your website, I saw a video and you were actually showing the, the x-ray, pictures of the x-rays where you could see the bone structure had changed as you were sort of doing these exercises and sort of just showing how your bone structure has changed over, the, over time. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Well, for me as an engineer, it was really nice to actually see something. I knew mm -hmm. things were changing, right? I could feel the changes, but to actually mm -hmm. see the changes on x-ray was just pretty validating. Yeah, that is amazing. And you said about toothache, and Lord knows when people found toothaches, <laughs> when you said toothache, I'm like, Jesus, you know, because toothaches are horrible. I had one couple of uh, some something last year, and I'm just like, please do it. Take me out of my misery, please. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I can definitely relate to the tooth, uh, the tooth pain uh, analogy that you gave, you know, and because um, you know exactly where that pain is located. You just, just you're holding your face like this the whole time, your hands over your face, you just holding, trying to, you don't want your chin to fall off. 
and um and and then to be able you know the third step well you know the second step is deep awareness but the third step is being able to move and pinpoint your awareness um even you know even when you know as you're saying as you said that and, and i just thought about that when you was talking about especially when you're hungry your stomach is growling or you like you, you do you feel some kind of internal pain that's going on and then when that pain is no longer you don't feel that part of the body any longer you just like what well, you know i can't feel my kidneys i can't feel you know my you know the the back of my stomach i can't feel those areas but if there's some pain in that area you're going to know exactly where your kidneys are you're going to know exactly where the base of your stomach you're going to know all those things and so when you was talking about being able to still pinpoint those areas even when the pain is not there because obviously if there's pain there then there's nerves there that's going to tell me that you know there i can feel those areas there there are nerves there it's just that we don't take the time to feel those areas like we we could we possibly could and you're stopping and saying i'm going to feel those areas i don't have to be in pain to feel those areas i'm going to stop and, and and feel the different places in my body and i think that's pretty powerful right by the time you feel pain right that that's that's a you're aware of the pain right so that's that's the level of awareness but we aren't aware of how much is stored inside of us that's not yet visible to us right we can't feel mm. it yet right that the pain and tension inside my head had been there 50 years it had been inside of my head for 50 years and I had not been aware of it, right? So I hadn't, I hadn't had any way to release it because I didn't know it needed releasing, right? So this is a way to get inside our body at a deeper level and, and heal it at a deeper level because we're releasing dis-ease that is stored in the tissues. So, mm. you know, people, you, right, if you had a stomachache or something, you could just tap and work on that stomachache and let the stomachache go. And yes, you're going to feel better, right? Because the stomachache is gone. But mm -hmm. if you want to change at a deeper level, right, you can actually go and find things to work on. So that's what I did with my childhood, right? I, I found those memories and I worked on them to release the emotions around them. So that is finding a deeper level to change at a deeper level. I, I really, really wanted my life to change. Mm. And this work made that change and it was absolutely worth it to me. I mean, I'm still going, I'm, I'm releasing tension stored in my bones, in my cheekbones and my jaw bones and in my tooth roots at this point. So I know I'm working at a really, really deep level. Mm. And I know the answer to this and, and are you at the happiest that you've ever been in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I wouldn't use the word happiness. I don't use that word happiness so much. I'm at peace. I'm at peace at pretty much any situation I'm in, right? I can find peace wherever I am, right? Standing in a line, you know, with something's happening. If I'm watching the news, listening to the news, I can, I use that actually to, to get deeper inside of me, but I can be at peace while doing all those things. I can find peace inside of me. So, and I've also released so much of that burden, right? So that, that burden, I remember in my 20s and 30s, it was much harder to laugh, right? Because I, I would hold myself back, right? I didn't want to look stupid. It's like, am I going to get this mm -hmm. joke wrong or whatever? Mm -hmm. I didn't laugh as easily as I laugh now. Mm. 
and probably was a deep belly laugh, you know, because when I laugh, I I really and I had the same issue. Like, you, you know, you, you don't want to laugh too hard because of oh, whatever reasons. I mean, again, these things are, are childhood traumas, so you can't even really put your finger on it because you don't even know it's, it's bitten into the subconscious. But I think I, I laughed the hardest I ever laughed as I as the older I've gotten, you know, and that's a pretty powerful, a powerful thing when you're able to, to just to give a full belly <laughs> laugh, you know. And it allows and, others to do it, right? It loosens exactly. the energy up so that others feel free to laugh too. Exactly, exactly. And um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, one more thing before we go. But I, before I, before that, I wanted to say, um, before I ask that last question about Newton's third law, I wanted to, um, one thing that I, I look at my cat, and my cat, when you look at a cat breathe, even a dog breathe, it's a whole body breath. The whole Their whole body is moving as they breathe, you know. And I'm looking at it like, why is his whole body looking at my cat? I'm like, his whole body is moving. Is there something wrong? He digested something. He's eating something. His whole body is moving. But I said, wow, he is really taking in every single breath, you know, and getting it full. And I really began seeing how shallow my breathing was. And I remember one day I was driving in my car. And, you know, driving in your car, you really find out how evolved you, you become. <laughs> you may think you're spiritually evolved until you get in the car, behind the car, and start driving on the highway in traffic. And um, and somebody cut me off or something, and I was just holding my breath. I wasn't even breathing at this particular point as I'm driving. And then I would, like, I guess I, I, would, I, I would just start noticing it, you know, at some point. But, um... But I would, but I would get to notice my breathing, and what I knew about about my breathing was that it was shallow, and I would just let enough, a little bit of air in, just so that I wouldn't die of, of <laughs> asphyxiation. But it, but I was holding my breath, and I said, you know, my my God, I'm not even breathing, you know, and so I'm like try to you know take more air in as I'm, I'm i'm trying to focus on my breathing as i'm driving so i'm taking more air in and then of course i'm mean, gonna make a turn and someone else didn't turn around i thought they were going to turn and then i'm going back to that <laughs> you know holding the steering wheel not breathing anymore and so it's like we're training ourselves not to take in a full breath of air not to take in a total inhalation which has got to be unhealthy you know, and this is where stress comes from, right? Yeah, I think we store it. We store it in our breath. So let's go back to the second step where I said about feeling the feelings, right? Me being able to feel that fear at a particular place in my breath, right? If I took a deep breath, I would lose my focus. The fear would disappear, right? So I would have to think the thought that was fearful, feel that fear inside and stop right there in my breath. And as I do that and feel and let go of that trauma right there, that fear right there in that place in my breath, it's loosening up the fascia or the connective tissue inside where that fear is held, which over time, right, if you, as you do that more and more, as you release the trauma more and more, it releases the tension in the connective tissue that is holding you tight. 
so that you are looser and you can breathe deeper. Mm. Yeah, did you follow that? It was a little, that was a little. No, I, def I definitely get what you're saying. You're saying that as you begin to, to use the tapping and you begin to get this deeper awareness, that naturally one of the, the the benefactors of it will be that you're able to breathe in more because you're loosening up the diaphragm and the different nerves around the diaphragm so that your body wants to take a full in, in, inhalation of air. And I yeah. didn't think about that either, that, uh, that as you're, go ahead. And as we do it more and more, and this, this gets a little weird again, this is kind of more in the last couple of years, I can actually breathe into other places in my body. I can breathe into my head and mm -hmm. I can breathe into my hands. I can breathe into other places other than just the stomach and the, the lungs is what we tend to think of. Mm -hmm. But also that um, the, the solar plexus area around our waistband, you know, mm -hmm. one of the big things I found when I got my awareness inside my head, I, I researched it and realized that the tension is held in the connective tissue or the fascia. That's where I'm releasing the tension from. And we compress our fascia around our waist so much, right? With all those tight waistbands that we've, mm. we've had over the years, right? Tight mm -hmm. underwear, whatever's around our waist belts, that's actually compressing the fascia. And that's where a lot of the tension is held. So when it's tight around our waist, we can't breathe very easily into that mid area. So as I've released that over and over again, there isn't as much differentiation anymore between breathing into my stomach versus breathing into my chest. I can breathe into the whole area. Mm. Mm. So take yes. a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah, take a deep breath. And and I'm loving that you're saying that 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 um that could you're getting a full body, your whole torso and lower upper torso, lower torso are all um involved in that inhalation and exhalation they're all where you people are not even using you know half of the lungs <laughs> you know yeah. the other the thing lungs. is you can tell when people aren't wanting to breathe right if someone is actually telling a lie mm -hmm. they don't want to see this part of their body they don't want to see so they don't mm -hmm. breathe fully into their body right if someone is telling the truth right if you're saying my day, name is DJ, you will breathe deeply as you say that. But if you're saying mm -hmm. my name is Anne, right, you know that's not true. You won't breathe as deeply as you're saying it because you it's not it's not your truth. Mm -hmm. So as you begin to see inside of you how deeply you breathe and you be, are able to breathe deeper, you will be able to see that in other people as well. Because that phrase as within, so without is absolutely mm -hmm. true. Yes, yes, definitely. So, so Newton's third law and Newton's third law states that for every action of force in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So what does that mean to you? <laughs> well, we can see that in some things that are happening in society right now. Mm -hmm. Right. If we try and force people to do something that they don't want to do, there will be pushback. Or if mm -hmm. we try and force people or tell them they can't do something that they want to do, there will be pushback. Right. And that is an mm -hmm. equal and opposite force. And it's mm -hmm. going to happen. Right. Whereas if you allowed people to do whatever they wanted to do. Right. There's no mm -hmm. there's no pushing force. Right. So you're not going to mm -hmm. there's not going to be any pushback. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does that not seem that I mean, to me, it feels so obvious. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it will. It's obvious to me because I, I know the law of cause and effect. And, and, and I know I know, you know, I studied these these laws. So I know that for, but you know, I, I don't think the the, the masses, <laughs> you know, the understand it. The politicians understand it that you know there there's uh uh you know there there's always a you know even if you look at the I got the what the name it was on my mind just a second ago but there's a little thing that mechanism and in, in like little these little balls that are that steel balls are from this steel line and, and it hits the one ball on one end and then the all the uh the the energy from from all of them and one ball swings out from the left and then it goes back and it's i got i forgot the name of, of that that thing that that oscillates like that it's on my on my mind but um but that that is that is a, that is the truth and i think you know and um I don't know if you, how deep you want to go into the discussion of, you know, but, you know, we, we are now dealing with the Supreme Court reversing laws. One of the laws that would change was Roe versus Wade. Um, and, and people do feel uh, some kind of way about that. There are some people who are active uh, activists for because they, they're for the the um, for Roe versus Wade. There are some who are against it. And um, and after you know fifty years of, of it being one way and then it changing to something else, and I just I try to stay out of the 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 mass um, consciousness of things because like you said um, it swings back and forth the pendulum that's what it's called the pendulum swings back and forth back and forth and um and i it's a great book called the kabbalion i don't know if you read the kabbalion not by the three initiates and it talks about how the 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 how things are are moved back and forth like a pendulum and we can get caught up in in this back and forth movement as things are moving back and forth or we can see sit back and watch things that are happening and not, you know, you can still be active. I'm not saying not be active. Sometimes being non-active is is, is, is action too. Um, as Taoists, you know, think of Taoist thought. But being able to, to look at that and go, oh, I see what's going on here. Oh, I, I see the bigger picture that's going on. The back and forth of the pendulum. And... Um, and we'll be okay. We're gonna be. We're gonna be fine. You know, our uh, our um, our uh, it's not. You know, our lives, our okayness, for lack of a better word, isn't dictated on that. There's a bigger thing going on here that we need to be responsive to. My interest is in finding the equilibrium, though. Right. So we are swinging back mm-hmm. and forth. But how do we find the place in the middle, the peace in the middle? And so in my mind, how we do that is if we're on one side of any issue, it doesn't matter what issue we're, we're on, we're talking about. It's how we feel. Right. My whole journey is mm-hmm. how you feel and accepting that. Right. So if I'm on whatever side I'm on and I'm feeling these emotions about the other side, right? I'm judging the other side and I don't like their position. Mm-hmm. That's my frustration. That's my anger. And I can feel that. I can tap about it or feel it. 
and come back to peace, right? And if I can, if the mm-hmm. other people on the other side can do the same thing, right? And everyone can come back to peace, then mm-hmm. we're in equilibrium in the middle. And we don't have to keep going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, equilibrium. That's exactly what uh, is is the thing that I, I um, am getting back to. Because I remember I was talking to one of my mentors. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is all. I was saying something. I don't know. But she was saying, no, no, no. She was saying that you don't have to get caught up in the movements of it all. You know, you don't have to get caught up in it all. You can, you can be above it. You can be below it. You can even be in it. But you don't have to get caught up in all of it as it swings back and forth. And that's the equilibrium of it all. And um, and it number one, you were saying about peace, about having peace of mind. And I believe that that's your mantra, just having peace. You will look for the equilibrium, the, the equilibrium in the situation. You will look and you will find it there because that is your intention. So um, so I definitely am getting more in tune to that, to 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 peace i remember writing it down for my new year's revolution my new year's resolution was just peace <laughs> just finding peace and after a couple of years we had with COVID, there's a lot of people a lot of people that writing that down like forget about the new car can i get some peace please <laughs> <laughs> yeah and to my, you know in my mind peace is found by finding what's not peace right what am i not peaceful about mm-hmm. how am i really feeling mm-hmm. Right? Am I really mm-hmm. feeling scared? Or am I really feeling frustrated? And allowing that to be felt, and then peace yeah. will naturally arise once we let go of the, the other yes. feelings. Yeah. Yes, and I, it goes back when you were saying that earlier. Um, one of the things that came to mind, I remember someone was saying that they were asking Mother Teresa, "Will she fight in? I think maybe the war, maybe it was." the Korean War or something. She wanted her to, to, to march against the war. And um, she said, I won't, I won't march against any, any war, but I will march for peace, you know? And what thing was she was trying to say was that I'm, I'm going to put my energy towards what's wanted. I don't have to focus on what's going wrong. I don't have to focus on... Uh, even the pain, I know that if I release the pain, naturally releasing pain is going to do what? It's going to have the other side of it. It's not having pain, you know? And, like, you know, you don't have to, like, let's work on the struggle. <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> well, have that's to work the, law, on... the law we just talked about, right? If you're fighting against something, you're pushing, and there will yeah. be an equal and opposite reaction in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Marching for peace, then there's nothing to push against. Uh, right. Nothing to push against. It's naturally letting go of the concept of war. Naturally means peace. You know. So so um so there's no there's no struggle. There's no fight against anything. It's just you saying, hey, I choose peace. And then if you if everyone chooses peace, then automatically at the same time. There is no war at the same, you know, at the same time by just choosing peace. Right. As so, long as in the choosing peace, you're not suppressing the actual thoughts, right? Because exactly that two ways of doing that. So you actually want to feel if you're really afraid of war, you want to feel that fear and let it go, and then the peace mm-hmm. naturally arises. So yeah, it's kind of subtle mm-hmm. sometimes to find that difference there, but 
Mm. Yeah, suppressing is a big deal because that's the key there. Suppressing, you know, because that's that's what we we do. We suppress these things. We think, oh, this is gone. This is not a problem any longer. Because we all have agreed. We had that discussion. We all talked about it. We all agreed that this is no longer an issue. And um, and but that doesn't that doesn't resolve it because just because we all have agreed that you know this is what we all said doesn't mean that there aren't rumblings there and those rumblings have to be also um have to be um looked at and unpacked as well because they're going to fester and, and show up again that's why i think we're having a lot of issues that we're having right now is because it's, it's it's this it's this chance for us to have a deeper conversation and even if you don't it's like it's going to get resolved i believe that that nature does what it does and it does it very well and it's like okay well now is the time to really um really look at some issues that we have suppressed you know through the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and now it's like it's right in our face again and there's another opportunity for us to say let's take a look at this and address it in another way and then we will we will address it in a different way because we have to we want to survive and then we will go through another period where we're like oh well, we had a conversation we did that already yeah but <laughs> there's still more to unpack so um so it's a it's a beautiful process actually it's actually a beautiful process but you know you can't get a bullhorn and say that all the time because like, what do you mean it's a beautiful process you see what's going on in the world you know like yeah it's, it doesn't it's not healing isn't pretty healing is like having you had a horrible sore <laughs> did it feel good it's a heal no it was ugly you might have been smelling and and it wasn't you know and then eventually you know it it, it healed and then there are times when you have to go back to the doctor. Like, well, it didn't heal correctly. So we're going to have to go back in and we're going to have to do more work, you know. And this is what we're seeing now. And, and I know people don't look at it that way because they're not spiritual people. So they, so they, they and they're, phys, you know, they're into the physical aspects of it all. But there's great spiritual lessons that we're seeing that are happening right now. And I think it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And what I try not to do is judge it. I try to just see it like, okay, what's the lesson in all of this? Don't suppress it though, right? If there is a judgment Don't. there, allow the judgment. <laughs> allow the judgment to come up, exactly. But do it with love, you know, you, you, you can, you can, you know, because I don't, I don't want to be out and not, you know, I mean, we don't want to suppress things, but in our effort of not suppressing it, that we're out here, showing i being our worst self in the process that's you know, a really I want, good I don't, point that is a really good is, point, exactly right because even when i'm talking about right feeling the feelings right if we're feeling anger how anger feels in our body it doesn't mean we're expressing it onto someone else right it doesn't mean we're shouting at someone else to feel the feelings mm -hmm. just means to allow those physical sensations in the body to let go right so it's okay to be angry to feel anger but not to push it on someone else because that's not that's not healing the same way <laughs> so i'm glad no, you brought that up you're, yeah. you're, right right because healing is not injuring someone, someone else for my healing <laughs> no <laughs> it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm i'm healing here <laughs> it's why i'm strangling you like no you're not healing you know you know you know so 
Um, so yeah, we want to we want to heal and we want to not suppress these feelings, but in our effort of not suppressing and releasing, we don't want to um, we want to also love ourselves through that process as we're doing it because um, because sometimes I think I'll see people who are releasing things they do go into attack mode when they're they're when they're dealing with the shadow self you know it's very dark a dark very dark period it can be a very dark period when you're dealing with the the shadow self um and still be able to love yourself through that process even though you may be looking at some very dark stuff still love yourself through that process yeah. And for me, having that experience with the cat and realizing that freedom is on the other side, right? That really mm -hmm. helped me to get through. It's okay. I'm just dealing with stuck energy right now. And there is freedom beyond it. So I'm just going to keep going until I find that freedom. Yes. Yes. So um, your book is A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. And I love that. Catch your childhood buzz. And um, and how do we uh, get your book and also get in contact with you? Okay, my book is on Amazon, or you can ask your local bookstore to order it. And I have my webpage, anhints.com. The x-rays are on there, so you can take a look at those. I have a YouTube channel, and I have a demonstration video of all these different steps, so you can learn to do it without paying anything. So um, it's just important to do this work. And I have a public Facebook page and I'm happy to interact on any of those. Okay, and I have the links in the show description to get to your YouTube and your website to also purchase your book as well. And also, um, I think I said YouTube channel, but we are definitely a YouTube channel as well. So thank nice. you for joining me. Thank you, thank you. That was a great conversation. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Please join us next week for another episode. You can contact the show by visiting www.podversation.me or emailing DJ at whatsupwithdj.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple Podcast. Until next week, take care and be blessed.